Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. It's great to see you guys. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. And if it's your first time joining us, man, we're so glad that you took time out of your weekend to be with us. First thing I want to do is apologize to our online campus. Uh, last week, something beyond our control, we lost power about 7.30 here in the building. Power came back up immediately, but it knocked out a lot of Chantel's network, and so people weren't able to get in for our online campus. So I appreciate your patience through that. Uh, we are working with them on a redundancy plan in, in the future, but... Uh, again, just one of those things we couldn't control, but that service is available on our website if you didn't get a chance to, to watch that last service in our last series. So today, we're going to kick off a brand new series called Let It Go. And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to talk about things in our life we need to let go of, things that hold us back, things that will stifle us, things that will keep us from accomplishing our goals, dreams, and ambitions that we have in life. But it's also important for us to deal with these things because if we don't, they're going to hurt us on our spiritual journey. They're going to hurt us when it comes to our faith journey. So the first uh, week today, we're going to talk about our feelings of inadequacy that we have. And then later on in this series, we're going to talk about uh, uh, letting go of our need to be offended yeah, that'll be a fun, fun week. You'll want to make sure you bring your spouse, if you're married, to that one. We're, we're going to talk about um, getting rid of our need for approval from other people. And then we're going to talk about our need for control and letting go of our need to control everything. And I'm sure watching and here today, we've got some control freaks. You know, you like to control every single aspect of your life. So we're going to talk about that. So it should be a fun series. And like any series we do, we always provide a notes page that kind of has our learnings on it and every scripture verse we use in case you want to reference that during the week. You can access that, like it said, on that welcome video through the Church Center app. But if you don't have that, you can simply scan one of the QR codes when they display them on the side screens, or you can go to blueridgechurch.net any time to access our notes. And they're there for your use, but it kind of helps you uh, as we go along with the talk. So my goal in this series, too, is not just to let go of things, but to help us to start seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. Because honestly, we have an inaccurate view of who we are. Some of us think way more about ourselves than we should. Others of us think less of ourselves than we should. So we got to find that happy balance. And we got to start seeing ourselves exactly the way that, that God sees us. So today, feelings of inadequacy. Hopefully by the end of the day, we will get rid of those things. We, we will pass those things off to God in faith, and we won't deal with these feelings of inadequacy that we all have. And it's amazing how quickly we feel inadequate in life. Something comes up during the day, something comes up during the week, and we, we feel completely inadequate. And I think about times in my life when I've uh, felt inadequate, what I did to try to cover that up was try to prove myself in that area. I felt like I had to prove myself to this person or 
prove myself to the company or prove myself, uh, you know, to my family or, or whatever. And really, at my age now, and I go back and I look at those things, I'm just simply trying to cover my inadequacies or what I think are my inadequacies. And, and I'll, just, I'll just be honest, I feel inadequate being a pastor. I really do. I have from day one. I, I haven't ever felt like I was holy enough or, or spiritual enough or had enough training or, 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 or new enough. Why is it that we battle with that? Why is it that we battle with these feelings of inadequacy? Because I guarantee you, every single one of us does. And I think there's multiple reasons why we feel inadequate. Number one, because we receive unfair criticism in our lives, right? All throughout our life, people are speaking into our lives and they're saying things. Oh, well, you're not good at that. You're never going to mount anything. You can't do that. I, I wish you were more like your brother. I wish you were more like your sister. I wish you didn't act that way. You know, you're not going to be able to accomplish that, whatever. So we get these messages, unfair criticism, all of our lives, and what do we do? We put those in our brain, right? We burn those into our brain, and then anytime we want to step out and do something or to accomplish them, something, or if we feel like God's called us to do something, what do we do? We play those messages. You can't do this. You're worthless. You're never going to mount to anything. I, I wish you were more like so-and-so. And so we start to feel these feelings of inadequacy. So unfair criticism or unjustified criticism we get in life adds to those feelings of inadequacy. Uh, another reason we feel inadequate is we get undeserved praise or unearned praise throughout our lives, right? Oh, gosh, you're the best, right? You're the greatest. You're one in a million. There's nobody else like you. And we're sitting there thinking, you obviously don't know me, right? You don't know the type of person I am. You don't know what I do. You know, I don't measure up. I'm not the person that you think I am. So that causes us to feel inadequate. We're like, I'm never going to live up to this person's expectations that I'm the greatest, I'm the best, I'm one in a million, and so we feel inadequate. But I think the thing that hurts us the most that makes us feel inadequate is when we compare, right? And we are constantly comparing ourselves to others, to other situations. You ever compared yourself to somebody else financially? You know, none of us make the exact same amount of money. Did you realize this? But we constantly compare ourselves to other people like, wow, why can't I make that much? Or why can't I do that? Right? And, and it causes us to feel inadequate. Like when you drive through a, an expensive neighborhoods of homes and you're thinking, what in the world do these people do for a living? Right? It's got to be illegal, right? That's, that's our first thought. They're doing something illegal to live here. But then we think, well, why can't my apartment be nice? Or why can't my house be that way, and we start to feel inadequate. Or you pull up beside a brand new, really nice, sweet car, right? And you're like, man, that is a nice ride. And then you get up to where you can see who's driving it, and it's like a kid driving it. It's like a 16-year-old kid. And you're driving a 14-year-old beater with dents and scratches all down the side. And you're like, where did I miss the boat? If you don't believe me, as school starts back in this area, college kids come in, you look at the cars they're driving. And you're going to be like, how can I get those parents to adopt me, right? But it makes us feel inadequate. We think, 
you know, we don't measure up. Or you go to that friend's house, and their house is perfect when you walk in. You know, it smells like fresh-cut flowers on a summer day, and yours smells like an old dog. Or if you got teenagers, it smells like old tennis shoes. You know, that is the worst. And you're thinking, why can't my house smell like this? And you look around, and everything's in place, and they've got tons of kids, and there's not a toy out of place. There's no dust on the furniture. And you're thinking, man, my house looks like a tornado went through it. Why can't I keep my house this way? Why can't I live this way? What's wrong with me? And we start to feel inadequate. Or maybe you're a student and you live with two or three other people and everybody in your apartment is on the honor roll, but you. They never crack a book. They don't, you know, they don't stay in at night. They go out, they party into the wee hours of the morning. They come back home, they get up late. They don't go to every class they have, yet you go to every class, you read every assignment in the textbook, you actually buy the textbook, right? Yet you're getting B's and C's. And you feel inadequate because you're comparing yourself to the people you're living with and you quickly think, what's wrong with me? Or what's worse is we compare ourselves to somebody else on the spiritual journey, right? We'll compare ourselves to, to that super Christian, you know, the person that comes up to you and it's like, well, do you know in the Bible when it was such and such BC and this person was king and, and this was going on and this person said that? And you're sitting there thinking, is that even in the Bible? Right? And we start to feel inadequate. Or for me, it's, you know, it's when I hear a prayer, somebody else pray. And I'm not the greatest at praying. And I'm like, man, that was a sweet prayer. And I think about, you know, the prayer my grandmother taught me, uh, you know, before you eat a meal, and it was bless the meat, bless the skin, open your mouth and cram it in. <laughs> and that's what my grandmother used to pray. I'm like, I'm such a loser, right? But comparison, it's dangerous. It brings on these feelings of inadequacy, and we say things like, well, I'm not as attractive. I'm not as smart. I'm not as successful. I'm not as well off. I'm not as polished. Or worse, I'm not as strong a believer as them. And then we get on social media. And social media confirms our suspicions about our inadequacies. Because all we ever see is all the good going on in other people's lives on social media. Nobody's going to post a picture of themselves that's not attractive right? They're just not going to do it. Nobody's going to, you know, take a picture of their, their terrible meal. You know, uh, we've been in and out of town because of uh, my wife lost her father for the past couple of weeks, and I went down, came back, and, and one night I'm eating dinner and trying to figure out what to eat, and I wanted a bowl of cereal. That's what I was going to have for dinner, and I look in the refrigerator, and there's no milk, but there was some Chobani coffee creamer. I'm like, yeah, I'll put that on my cereal. I did. And I did this for like four times because it was really good. And then, and then cold water on it, mixed it all up. And then I was still hungry. So I had, we had two hot dogs that were left over, no buns and a little bit of leftover chili. So I had two plain hot dogs with chili and mustard. I'm thinking maybe I ought to post this on social media. You know, this loser meal that I'm eating. We don't do that. You don't post that you and your husband or, or not doing well, or that you screamed at your kids out of your own frustration and anger. Nobody posts that 
their visa bills late or that they messed up the company's bottom line from an error they made at work. All we see is the good stuff in people's lives and we compare it to our own life and we convince ourselves beyond the shadow of a doubt that we're inadequate. So if you feel inadequate today, welcome to Blue Ridge Church. You are at the right place because we're going to deal with this. And what I want to do is I want to go back into the Old Testament and I want to look at a guy that not only had a really cool name, but he is someone I think every single one of us can relate to, and his name is Gideon. And we're going to go and we're going to look at Judges, and we're going to start in verse 11 of chapter 6. And here's what the Scripture says. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizir. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. So just some background. Gideon is scared to death because the Midianites have been conquering people and capturing people and taking over, and he's scared, and he's full of fear. Now, if you think about what he's doing, he's threshing wheat, and he's in the bottom of a wine press. That's not where you would thresh wheat, right? You would do it outside on a hill or where there was wind so that when you threw it up in the air, the, the grain would separate from the chaff and, and, and they would have the grain left. That's not what he's doing because he's so scared of what's going to happen. And then God comes to him, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says this, starting in verse 12. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So you got Gideon, scared, full of fear, and the Lord comes to him and says, you're a mighty hero. See, the Lord saw something in Gideon that he didn't even see in himself. And we know he was full of insecurities and inadequacy because he says, well, how can I rescue Israel? You know, my clan is the weakest tribe. I'm not adequate, God. But God tells him that he's not inadequate, that he's perfectly adequate just as the way he is because God says, I'm going to be with you. And I think that's a perfect picture for us. We constantly play those messages. We're not worthy. We're not adequate. We, you know, you're, you fall short, all this stuff. We never rely on God and realize that God's with us. So learning number one, we are not who we think we are. We are who God says we are. God's view of us, God's view of you is way different than you think. 
God sees way more in you than you're ever going to see, just like he did with Gideon. And I want you to think for a minute, where have you seen something occur in your life where you relied on what God said about you instead of what you typically say about yourself? You were able to do something, accomplish something, because you allowed God to do it through you. Somebody said in your life, you can't do this, you won't do this, you shouldn't do this. You're not capable of this. But you knew it was what God called you to do, and you did it in his strength. See, we so often forget this. All we want to do is play those messages and think, well, I'm inadequate in this area, and I'm inadequate over here, and I can't do this, and I can't accomplish that. But all God's trying to get us to do, just like Gideon, just rely on my strength. Just go with me. Here's what God says about us, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What does that mean? It means long before I was born, long before you were born, God had everything planned out that he wants us to accomplish. And through him, if we will allow him, if we'll rely on his strength like Gideon had to do, we can do whatever he calls us to do. God sees way more in you than you're ever going to see. Those lies we keep telling ourselves, those inadequacies, we got to let them go. Think about some of the people in the Scripture that I guarantee you were full of insecurities and inadequacies. Think about Peter. Peter denied Jesus. Three times he denied Jesus. Did God just write him off? No. He used him. And Peter learned to rely on Christ for his strength. He spoke at Pentecost. 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ in one day. He was the rock of the church, Jesus said. I guarantee you he had plenty of insecurities, especially after he had denied Jesus. But this is what Jesus said about him, Matthew 16, 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You think Peter saw that? No. But God saw way more in Peter than he ever saw. What about King David? Everybody saw King David as the least likely person to lead the nation of Israel. As a matter of fact, when they were selecting the next king, they all overlooked David. And I guarantee you, David had his own insecurities and feelings of inadequacy, right? He's a shepherd boy out in the fields tending to sheep. That was one of the lowest positions you could take in that society. But God saw something different. 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 through 12. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features, kind of like Justin. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This 
is the one. David had no clue. Nobody around David had any clue. God saw something in David that nobody else saw. God said way more about David than his brothers and his dad or anybody else said about David. And so though we may not see it, though we may not realize it, God sees more than we see. And think about when God called Gideon. He didn't say, okay, Gideon, here's what I want you to do. You're going to defeat the Midianites, but I want you to first go to school. And I want you to study war tactics. And I want you to study offensive moves and defensive moves. And then you're going to be prepared to take on the Midianites. God didn't do that. God didn't say, I want you to read this book. He didn't say, hey, go to Planet Fitness. I want you to work out every day. I want you to get really buff. And then you're going to be able to defeat the Midianites. No. What did God tell him? Go and I'll be with you. Go with the strength I've already given you. He wanted Gideon to rely on him in his strength, despite whatever inadequacies he thought that he had. And God's message to us is the same. Go and do what I've called you to do with the strength that I've already given you. Rely on me for strength. We cannot make it through this world and the things that we face and the challenges that we face every single day without relying on God's strength. And there's some of you watching today and here today, self-included, all you hear is the negative messages inside your head that you've been telling yourself for years and years. You need to know God has put more in you than you can imagine. God thinks more about you than you think about yourself. I'm telling you, I had no idea that this is what God would call me to do, to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a lead pastor. As a matter of fact, when I was first struggling with ministry in the early 2000s, I told God, that's fine, but I'm never going to be a lead pastor. I'm never going to do this, and I'm never going to do that because I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel like I had the tools. I didn't feel like I had the gifting or whatever. Often we feel inadequate when God calls us to do something or to serve him, uh, you know, or to do something in our lives, but he's already given us whatever it is that we need to do whatever it is he's called us to do. We simply have to go with him and rely on him to move forward with whatever we face in his strength. And you know, when we do that, when we know there's no way I can accomplish this and we do it, who gets all the credit? God does. 2 Peter 1.3 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. What's God given us? He's given us everything. Is there anything God's holding back from us? Nothing. He gives us everything we need, this says, to live a godly life and to accomplish whatever it is that he wants us to accomplish in life. Now, there is a a, a catch. We get that promise we just read fulfilled, everything we need to live a godly life to accomplish whatever it is he wants us to accomplish only when we have a relationship with his son Christ. That is the caveat. But all of that is fulfilled when we are in Christ Jesus. And if you've made that decision, you need to let go of those feelings 
of inadequacy, those negative messages that the world has fed you your entire life because God says it's just not true. That is not how I see you, and my opinion of you is the one that counts. But it's so hard for us to get past that because, again, it's like it's hardwired in our brain. And then when God calls us to do something, we'll say, well, uh, God couldn't use me because I'm whatever. I'm shy. You know, I don't know what, uh, I'm not good around people. I can't lead people. I don't, I don't like to be around people. I could never do that. Do you realize Jesus said that those people that may be kind of behind the scenes are the most important? The ones that take that humble position and maybe serve others so that they can do something for the kingdom of God. Listen to Luke 22. I love this verse, this passage. But among you, this Jesus talking, well, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who's more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. So you may think, well, I, you know, I don't want to be out front. I don't have the gifts to do that, or I'm shy, or, or I'm not outgoing, whatever. God says it takes all of us, all gifts and abilities to reach people for Christ, whether you feel like you're outgoing or you're not. Or we'll tell ourselves, well, I'm not, I'm not a good you know, talker. I, I, I don't know what to say to people, and I'd never be able to invite somebody to my church, or I'd never be able to say anything in, in my group because I, I just get so nervous and and I freeze up. I could never go visit that person in the hospital because I don't know what I'd say. Listen, do you realize a lot of times it's better just to say nothing at all? Great listening is something that's needed in the kingdom of God. So no matter what you think is an insecurity, it's not. It's a strength in the kingdom of God. And like he promised Gideon, he's going to be with us everywhere. Wherever we go, he's with you at work. He's with you at school. He's with you at home. He's with you and going to be with you no matter what challenge you face this week. We don't ever have to wonder, am I out here all alone? Am I all by myself? Because we're not. And it's God's power. And, it, and it's God's provision that gets us through. Gideon was hiding in fear. <laughs> and the first thing God says is, hey, mighty hero. That's not what we're thinking. We're thinking, you loser. You know, you're, you're scared to death. You're a chicken. God says, no, you are a mighty hero. Why did he call him a mighty hero? Because God was with Gideon. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. We are a mighty hero, no matter what we face, because God is with us. If we will rely on him and if we will go in his strength, if we'll let go of those feelings of inadequacy. See, it's, it's not about what we think. It's about what God says. So here's learning number two. When God calls us to do something, it's way more about the presence of God than our own power, right? We know we can't do it on our own. It's more about His strength than our strength. It's, it's less about what we think about ourselves and more about what God says about us. And he says so much more than we ever say about ourselves. And that's why if you've crossed the line of faith and you would say, yeah, I follow Christ, you've got to let 
those feelings of inadequacy go because they're not accurate at all. Let them go. And I said earlier, I feel inadequate to be a pastor, and I really do, and I am completely inadequate by myself, right? But I'm not by myself. The good news is it's not what I think about me. It's what God thinks about me. And I'll tell you, every single Sunday before I come out here, I get nervous. I still feel butterflies. You know, when they're playing that third song up here on stage, I'm like, okay. And I start getting nervous. My, my breath starts getting a little heavier. And, and you know, I, I start to breathe a little different. And you know what I do? I just pray. My like, God, this isn't about me. This is you. What are you going to communicate today that we all need to hear? This is your Holy Spirit speaking through me. And I'll tell God, God, use your Holy Spirit to speak through me and for people to hear what they need to, to hear. So if you've ever got an issue with something I say on Sunday, you need to talk, take it up with the Holy Spirit, all right? But the truth is, I am completely inadequate on my own, but with Christ, I'm not inadequate at all because I'm not alone. And you are not inadequate because you're never alone when Christ resides in you. We rely on His strength to be able to do whatever it is He's called us to do, vocationally, in our faith, whatever. So ask yourself, where is it that you feel inadequate? Step into God's strength. Step into His power that He's already given you and do His will. You may... You may think you don't have the strength to make it through one more day of your marriage. You do. You may think that you don't have the strength to make it one more day in your job. You do. Or you think, I don't have one ounce of strength left to make it through this health issue or this crisis that I'm facing this week, this trouble that's on the horizon. You do. You might not think you have the strength to pass this class or to complete the assignment at work, but you do because Christ is with you. And what we have to do is start relying on His strength and not our own. Let Him do whatever He's going to do through your life. Let Him do the heavy pulling and the heavy lifting. You're not who you think you are. You are who God says you are. And you know what he says you are? He says you're a masterpiece. You're one of his children. You're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. And he promises you can do anything through his strength. So we have to let those feelings of inadequacy go. Picture yourself handing them off to God or dropping them in the trash can, walking away from them. I'm never going to pick these things up again because these people that spoke these things into my life, they don't matter. And they're not an accurate picture of who God says I am. Maybe before today you thought, you know, I'm not a good parent. I'm inadequate. I don't know how to handle my child. I don't know how to raise these children. You're completely adequate. Or maybe you thought, you know, I can't keep up with the workload at work. I can't handle this anymore. I'm inadequate. You're adequate. Maybe at this age and stage in life, you think, well, I'm here and I should be here. I'm so inadequate. You're completely adequate with God. And you got to stop. And I've got to stop telling ourselves that. 
we got to let those things go. Because God says we are completely adequate when we're with him. And we need to rest and remember that. And I'm going to close with this verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you see way more in us than we ever see. Thank you that you've given us way more to use for your kingdom than we ever see or acknowledge. God, this week, help us to let go of those feelings of inadequacy, that with you we're completely adequate. Help us to let go maybe of other people's expectations of us or those things that people have said to us because, God, you say in your word that we are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. I I thank you in advance for what people are going to discover this week about themselves, about what you say about them and about what they can accomplish. Help us each and every day, no matter the challenge, to remember we've got your strength. It's our superpower at our beck and call, and we just need to rely on it. Maybe you're here today, and that promise we read earlier hadn't been fulfilled in you because you don't have that relationship with Christ. Maybe like those other things people poured into your life, they told you you weren't good enough, that you weren't a good person and and God wouldn't love you, or that you had to start doing certain things and stop certain things in your life before God would ever want a relationship with you. I hope you know that's inaccurate. God's sole desire is to have a relationship with us. That's why he sent Jesus to this earth. And if you've never had that relationship with Jesus, man, open your heart to him today. Invite him in. Just say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want to rely on my own strength anymore. And he'll come into your life. Lord, thank you for telling us who we really are in your eyes. Help us to live in that. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to finish up today with a video, but before we show that video, just a couple of things. There's a couple of tables set up out in the lobby. Our groups, we have our American Heritage Girls group. That is for age 5 to age 18. So if you have young ladies in your household, that is an incredible, incredible group. They do a lot of camping, a lot of uh, projects, a lot of outside activities. Uh, It's just a great group. And we also have trail life for our boys in that same age group. So if that's something that interests you, man, at least stop by and grab some information from them. And then our mother's prayer group is set up in the lobby. They're having a prayer time today at the church at four o'clock. It's open to anyone. You can pick up more information from them, but it's because this is Bless Our School Sunday, B-O-S-S, boss, Bless Our School Sunday. And at four o'clock, they're going to get together with whoever comes and just pray over our schools and pray over our teachers and pray over our kids and our administration and our bus drivers and our facilities and everything. Uh, School started back. I know which parents, your kids are already back. You're the ones that are smiling. Uh, The ones that have that almost smile are the ones that are starting back this week. But it's important uh, that we lift our schools and our kids and our administrators up in prayer so you can join them at four o'clock. So last thing I'm going to tell you, September the 3rd, Labor Day weekend, we're only having one service at the church, but it's going to be a celebration Sunday service. 
We're meeting here at 11 o'clock. We're celebrating child dedication. We're celebrating water baptism with those people taking their next right step of faith. And we'll celebrate communion together. We'll have some worship time together. But one service Sunday, September the 3rd. I know a lot of you travel. You're getting in that last vacation or, or, or going to the beach or in the mountains. Man, just enjoy that uh, and, and join us back that following week on the 10th. But if you'd like to take your next right step in baptism, you can do that on that Sunday. Now, if you would prefer to be baptized in the river, we will meet you there. The uh, staff and a few people will meet you there at 9. So you can sign up for a river baptism or 9, or you can uh, sign up to be baptized on Celebration Sunday at 11 o'clock here at the church. Same with your child dedication. That will be at 11 only here at the church. So I encourage you to sign up for that. So what we're going to end with, and if you need to leave before the video's finished, that's fine, but it's our Celebration Sunday service from Memorial Day weekend that we just had. And, and I'll kind of give you a picture of what it's going to look like on the 3rd. God bless you guys.